when you ask, what can I do to improve as a manager during like performance reviews, just say, and people usually say, oh, nothing, like everything's good. You could say, well, if you could change one thing, you had to choose something, what would it be? Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Here on Twins Talk It Up, my twin brother and I cover various topics around communication and leadership, topics that we believe business professionals and our listeners want to hear. Today, we want to address something that perhaps is not covered as often as it should be. We recently had an incredible guest speak about the importance of mental health in the world of sports. I commend these incredible brave athletes for coming forward, sharing about their struggles, and having a drive to want to normalize conversations on this sensitive topic. Considering this, how often do you ever hear about our top business leaders in this world of mental health? Sure, there's to some extent discussion disguised as either life-work balance or exercise, but what about going deeper to dispel myths and to foster a culture of complete health? Today, we are pleased to have our friend, Dr. Stephanie Wong, join our program. Dr. Wong is an Asian-American licensed clinical psychologist, an entrepreneur, and the founder and host of the award-winning Color of Success podcast. She works in private practice, primarily with tech professionals, which my brother loves, military veterans, and also serves at a hospital. In addition, Dr. Wong is a keynote speaker in the academic, entertainment, and corporate settings. She shares from her experience in the mental health space, talks about diversity training, and the treatment of anxiety, depressions, substance use, work-related stress, and relationship and cultural concerns. Dr. Stephanie Wong, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. Thank you so much for having me. And I will say yo because Danny understands me. So thank you so much thank for you. having me. I'm super excited. This is my first uh, twins that I've had <laughs> on any podcast platform. So this is awesome. Uh, this is Danny. From time to time, when David and I are speaking, we'll make sure we let our audience know which twin is speaking. Uh, I'm excited to have you. And yes, it's great to have another person I can converse with in another language outside of English. But outside of that, we're really excited to have you on. And we're going to focus our conversation on the importance of mental health, but specifically business leaders and business owners. Uh, But before we engage in any discussion, anything further, please tell our audience a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Well, that was an amazing introduction. Thank you so much, David, for saying that. Um, I did not go in colleges to become an entrepreneur. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I was actually debating whether or not to go into industrial organizational psychology for my doctorate or clinical psychology. And I, the, the, how I chose it was, well, I can't really see patients if I go into IO psych, but I can go into business if I get a clinical degree. So that, that's what led me there. Um, but as a clinician, we aren't taught to manage money, ask for fees, manage a practice. You guys are the experts, but when you run a business, you got to know your own marketing, your own website, your own yada, 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 right? So I pretty much was inspired by a podcast by Dr. Melvin Varghese, and he his podcast actually was a blueprint for my private practices. I was building that on the side. Um, And in fact, his masterclass on podcasting was what led me to podcast. So there's been a lot of parallel process in um, my own entrepreneurial journey with um, his, his offerings and him building a community. So 
I'm, I'm just super grateful to him and he's just an amazing person. This is Danny. You know, one of the great things I love about business is if you want to grow your business and grow it fast, learn from somebody else. Uh, this is one of the great things about living in the age that we're living in today is that we have the internet, we have coaches, we have business leaders, mentors. In the past, you may not have had that, but today there's so many people who are willing to help you so that you can be successful. And I'd rather learn from someone with experience than try to go and fail repeatedly or I decide to Maybe I should go get some help. So very happy to hear that you were able to get some guidance and now you have a successful uh, practice. One of the things that we've learned and, and we do in our business every day, we work with entrepreneurs, we work with business owners every single day. And one of the things we've noticed, not just with our individual clients, but everywhere, is that this health pandemic has really caused some type of an impact, not just with leaders, but also their employees. And when I think about this impact, it also has a profounding impact at home. And so we all know at this moment that we should probably look at getting some type of form of counseling throughout this whole process. How can you help the leaders uh, look into providing this type of resource, not only for themselves, but for their employees? Because really at the end of the day, we think about if you get injured, go to the hospital. If, if someone's sick in your family, go ahead and stay home if you're sick. But no one's really addressed what do business leaders do for their employees uh, when it comes to addressing mental health? I think it's a complicated question, obviously. The mental health system people have identified, it's kind of in your face right now, that it is broken in terms of accessibility, um, cost, um, provider value in terms of what people are reimbursing them for their fees. And so it, again, feeds into inequities. Now to answer your question specifically, I've been really encouraged by the Bay Area in which many of the tech companies do offer, you know, free, free, <laughs> you still got to work, uh, free services um, to, to see providers. And I, I've been contracting with a company to, to see a lot of tech professionals in this area. And I've stuck with them for so long because they pay my fee straight up. So, you know, whereas insurance companies pay you if you're lucky, half of what maybe people are charging out here. So what you get is a lot of the providers whom I would refer my family to, for example, if I, if I had to, wouldn't take insurance, right? And so that makes it really difficult to have accessibility providers. So I think teaming up with a group of providers that business leaders trust and have that flexibility to really be able to book appointments have availability, have evidence-based treatments uh, available to them. I also am a big proponent of sharing one's experiences. So I'm not saying share all the things you shared in therapy, but as a leader, just to say, hey, I was struggling with a couple things. I still am. It's, it's a really difficult time. We have these resources available. I've taken advantage of XYZ um, and... I really encourage people to do so. In my staff as a program director, I, I value obviously medical and mental health as a holistic approach. So I say, hey, take mental health days. It's tough right now. I think a lot of people think, leave your problems at the door. And as we know, everything melts together. And now that we're working from home, how are you gonna leave it at your door? Like <laughs> depending on how much space you have, right? And so. I think just to be empathic that people are bringing their whole selves to work and especially now, and it's really hard to compartmentalize, you know, having to care for your children and go to work and maybe be in the same space depending on where you're located. We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. 
DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. If you are a professional within the technology sector, the Black Charter Partner Alliance's RISE conference taking place on the 19th of March is the one you just can't miss. We're excited because this is an event that everyone who attends, well, at least the first 300, will receive a free digital book, Profit First. And with this method, you'll always generate profit within your business. Among the incredible supporters of the BCPA and RISE event is our title sponsor, Microsoft. You will receive unique insights into the best practices and hear success stories, leadership, technology, career development, all of that will be included. Network with industry leaders, partners, and alliances of BCBA members. It is great to go and meet other people who are technology owners and leaders themselves. Our mission here at the Black Channel Partner Alliance is to accelerate the growth of Black innovators and Black-owned technology businesses through mentorship, coaching, and community. We must all rise together to provide equal opportunities and representation within the largest technology ecosystems. We believe in the power of your voice and your ability to drive both exponential growth and change. Together, we can rise. For more information about the rise and to register for the 19th of March event, please go to bcpalliance.com and click on the events tab. When you click on the events tab, you will be an op- have an opportunity to register. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Doc, this is Dave. Dan, I are excited to really talk about and to be able to work in an environment where you're around professionals, they're driven, uh, they understand the idea of getting projects accomplished and done. They understand what it means to perform at a high level. And so I've got to ask, in terms of your field and what you've experienced, how have you helped these leaders that are just type A, they're driven, uh, to be okay with talking about mental health, to be okay with saying, I'm not okay. I've got to imagine that there's a stigma out there that they don't want to be perceived as weak or they don't want to be perceived as incompetent. So how do you help them to just get to the point where they're comfortable, quote unquote, in their own skin, just to be honest, to be real, and to be able to normalize this sense of talking about mental health and making sure that it's just as important as, let's say, physical health? Well, and that's a that's a great question because a lot of people, the positive part is a lot of people do seek the services out and it's really difficult to find someone. And like um, you mentioned, I work with a lot of Asian Americans and there is another layer or intersectionality of identity and stigma around seeking help in our communities, at least from my you know experience anecdotally as well. So you have a lot of stigma going against people. And what's important to me is to not pathologize anybody. Yes, you have diagnoses that you provide and the diagnoses are important for some people not to feel alone or that they actually know what's going on, um, but they are not their diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. And so being able to talk about, well, how is this really impacting you? What's going on in your day-to-day life? 
I'm reading a book on vitality um, by Dr. Boardman, and she's really talking about it's not just those big crises that are impacting people, it's the daily micro stressors. And really, I think overall, and again, this is only my opinion, is that we really need to change the way we think about work. And it's like work is your life and you have to get all these accolades and achievements. And for me, like awards are nice. It, it feels great. And at the same time, it's like after that shine wears off, it's like everyone's like, what's next? And just being comfortable in not going to the next thing and saying, you know, my goals for this year personally is to not have as many goals. <laughs> and it's contradictory, but I think it takes a shift in how we're viewing work and stress. If we have a low level of stress, we have very little motivation. If we have too much, then it starts impacting us and it will impact performance. Whereas we do need a moderate level of stress to excel. But it really has deleterious impacts on our overall health, medical and mental, if we're at that level all the time. And so you want to really think about your values of, do I really want to spend my entire life toiling away for, I don't know, X amount of money or X or accolades? And obviously, David, you're a father, you know, things change. The priorities change. I mean, I I always tell people I love my 30s more than my 20s because I know who I am. Um, my children, I can raise my children and know that there's a balance. Um, but hey, you're not going to see me be a stay-at-home mom. They have the hardest jobs. No pay, no breaks, <laughs> no benefits. Um, so I that's that's the the biggest um, aspect of being able to manage stress is looking at your values and are you really spending your time the way that that are true to that doc this is david again and and you touched on a couple of things that i would like to kind of highlight a little bit and coming from i'd say asian heritage uh, my twin and i are half korean and so some of our families are first second generations and so i don't want to call it tiger moms you know but there's always been this pressure to want to perform or to need to perform, right? And you talk about pressure that some of it is good, but what about the myth that maybe our communities or just C-suite members that they put on themselves, they're under this constant pressure to want to perform. I mean, is there a way that you could help them to decompress and understand that, yes, you've got to have that pressure to perform, but at the same time, you can't allow it to deteriorate your own health, mental or physical. Um, how do you address that? And, and, and I know those are some things that are our control, uh, whether it's the expectations of the job or maybe we're not in the right job, but how do you help leaders that want to perform at their best, they're under that pressure, but yet there's still that sense of, I'm not at my best unless I'm under pressure. And I don't know if that's twisted or not, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, here's a, a different way to look at it is, have you succeeded despite the pressure that you're putting on yourself versus because of? And in terms of your question about like tiger parenting, et cetera, I, I do have a good episode on tiger uh, or unparenting, <laughs> tiger unparenting. Um, but the idea is go back to how you grew up. And if we look at cultural historical context, it was necessary to be that driven, that the work ethic. We're talking about eating or not eating, being able to survive in a country for many immigrants if they didn't open their grocery store, or their laundromat. Hey, you don't get that income. There's no such thing as sick time. You don't get you know benefits and coverage. Versus now, I'm not saying you know that there aren't struggles, but we're in a very different time than that. You know, many uh, you know parents have given their children um, opportunities to be in these C-suite, you know, positions or, or high level boss looking positions. I say looking because it all depends on what you define as your own success, right? Um, and so I think it's important to, again, understand that history and, and the functionality of that history, but is does that make sense to us now? And how can we still stay true to hard work and you know, not being 
not giving up on doing a job and just sitting there and toiling away um, versus, you know, putting this immense pressure on yourself to where it hurts you. This is Danny, because Dave and I grew up a certain way, and I appreciate what you just said. As a leader, because we're both entrepreneurs, we both have our own businesses as well. As a leader, we tend to sometimes put our own pressure, put the, the stress on ourselves more than other people. Yeah, it is that need to be successful. I will tell you, my mother, I think she, I think she's proud of us <laughs> to this day. But uh, I think uh, she wanted my brother to be a lawyer. She wanted me to be a, a doctor uh, or, or an engineer. And I didn't go to engineering school. I did graduate with my engineering degree and, and did uh, also my master's degree. But there was a different calling. And the calling is to work with technical founders and leaders in the industry today. So I will tell you, it was, um, it was something that Dave and I both had to fight through uh, every day and every week. And even the business leaders that we consult with today, that we trying to help grow their practice, there is a sense that they're putting a lot on their shoulders, a huge, heavy burden. But not only are they putting the burden on themselves, there's this silent communication they're giving to their employees that the employees don't even know about. They're putting the pressure on their employees, um, but I don't think they realize that. Have you ever been in a situation where you're working with business leaders and you, you have to help them to be able to see what they don't? necessarily see every day. And, and I say that because I would come home with a 97% uh, on one of my tests and I say, mom, I got an A. Was it the highest A? <laughs> so <laughs> we think about these things. And so without even walking through the door and not even saying hi to my mother, I could feel, you could feel this pressure already, you know? Where's that 3%? So, <laughs> exactly. It's like, like what, from what's brain. going on? Um, yeah. And so I wonder if you've ever had these conversations with business leaders uh, to help them to be able to see uh, sometimes what they're doing to their own employees. Absolutely. And I think it's really having, it's a buzzword, but transparent conversations with and with the leaders, right? And saying, well, how is your management style impacting your employees? How do you feel about it? Because again, this when we have high expectations of ourselves, and I can speak personally, you have high expectations of others likely. And so, and they may not have the same working style as you. I mean, I've had so many growing pains being a, a young manager. It's like, who's this little Asian American woman telling me what to do that came out of her residency, right? And I was managing people double my age and still do. And I think it's, again, being strength-based and checking in with people and giving them an open space to call you on stuff. Like when you ask, what can I do to improve? as a manager during like performance reviews, just say, and people usually say, oh, nothing, like everything's good. You could say, well, if you could change one thing, you had to choose something, what would it be? One feedback I got a long time ago was, you know, Dr. Wong, you try to be so democratic, like you ask for everyone's opinion, but sometimes we just want you to make a decision. And I was like, huh, you know, that it's a lot more efficient, right? Um, and so I just, I, I was overly sensitive to people's needs and like feeling included that it was taking too long or more time than people wanted to spend. Um, and so I think having that open communication of feedback and building that EQ muscle, we did a whole EQ. We went through the book, we had small conversations and everyone did their own personal assessment. They can share if they want. And even those with very high EQ can improve on, say, distress tolerance, um, improve communication. So I think it comes down to, are you willing to change and be open to change? Not all people are, but you have to think about what is the actual goal here? So make a business successful and work with some great people. That's the value. This is Danny. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I'm Dave, sorry. I'm going to beat you to this one. All right. So uh, one of the things I love about being the older twin and, and being in the Asian <laughs> culture is Dave. How many always, minutes? Uh, How many minutes? It's a couple hours. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Okay, That's David. Another story. Okay, yes. David. Dave was being uh, what I call uh, stubborn and uh, didn't want to come out. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> Well, one of the things I want to say is uh, we, in, in our business, we coach business leaders in the managed services provider space, the IT services space. And I would tell you a lot of the business leaders are under a lot of stress. Uh, if they don't work, 
they don't eat, they don't work, they can't pay their employees. Sometimes they lose clients, whether the clients have been hacked because of cybersecurity or because of COVID, the, cli the clients are not able to pay their bills. And it makes it a lot of stress on these owners. I mean, there's a lot of stress. And, and what I want to tell our audience today is this question I'm going to ask Dr. Wong is a question that I really want you guys to pay attention to. What are some combinations of um, coping mechanisms? Um, is it meditations, prayers, journaling, exercise? What would you suggest these business leaders who are going through a lot of stress? Um, and sometimes, like we talked about earlier, that stress inadvertently, silently is telling their employees they need to work harder. But that's another, we won't get into that. But really, for their for the owners, how are you helping them cope with this extra stress that sometimes they put on themselves, but sometimes their environment or their employees or their customers put on them? How do you how do you help them out with that? Well, I think the things that you mentioned are obviously great coping strategies, right? Like journaling and all that stuff. But the other part is how can you connect with people? I think relationships are the most important in one's life. It's the currency. It's not just money. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people shy away from asking for help. And, you know, people may assume that their managers are being micromanagers, but understanding the reasons behind that or at least explaining one's behavior and I think that was really helpful for my staff to know that, hey, I have really high expectations of myself. This is, I was similar to Danny, not by my mom. She's like really cool. Um, she, she's so cool. She's cooler than me. Um, but, you know, I would be like, oh my God, I think I missed one on my test, you know? And it's the same thing. Oh, we might've missed our metric by X, Y, Z, right? What does that really mean? Um, what can we do as a team? And just saying, hey, I'm worried about this. I really want us to do well and have these open communication of like, you know, you guys know like the lean method A3s, like what is really going on here? Maybe it is because people have so much stuff going on. You know, sometimes people have so much personal stuff going on that they're not able to share. So I think one thing is having conversations, asking for help having those therapeutic services available, again, quality providers that are vetted and that you would actually send your family member to if they had a mental health issue. That's the professional side, right? Um, but on a personal note, I always tell veterans, get a hobby and they always laugh. But if you're working 24 seven and don't have an outlet, like I karaoke every day, I do Nordbang every day. Okay, like it doesn't matter uh, what's, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what's going on, right? And it's like a way to blow off steam. So really find something that gives you joy where you don't have to monetize something. And podcasting for me is part of that joy because it's not like I'm like, I wanna make millions of dollars off this. No, I mean, we're trying to help the community and I get to meet cool people like you guys. Like that would have never happened, right? So I think if you can be relationship focused mm -hmm. in your approach, then things will start to reveal itself. Like it's great to meditate, but can you join like a meditation group or hold, have a friend that's keeps you accountable to do it together? Dr. Wong, this is David and uh, Dan, I do appreciate you reminding our audience that there are times that we allow our Asian culture to kind of take precedence in our conversations. He is the firstborn after all. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to conversations like this, Dr. Wong, we both are just excited because we work with driven professionals and we want to be in the best position to help guide them. Uh, in 26 years of being in the ministry, I also minister as well. There are times where you, you hear certain phrases, you hear certain words. And if you think that somebody's in a position where they might want to harm themselves, then, then you want to make sure you, you address that in the right way. And whether that's calling um, specific professionals to get them that help, making sure you note certain things in your, in your, your log or your journal, uh, you don't want to leave it as is. And you have to ask that next question. Uh, I had a, a situation with a conversation with somebody that just mentioned uh, the word suicide. And so I paused everything I was doing and said, hey, I've got to ask you, what did you mean by that? And I wanted to dig a little deeper and even directed that person to get some help and made notes about it and was able to try to follow up because I didn't want it to be just a passing thought. 
Uh, when you work with these professionals, and, and I understand that there are certain countries, uh, namely even my, my mother's homeland or other uh, homeland where there's such a drive for performance that, that there is a concern in that arena. Um, when there are areas like that with, let's say, a um, owner of a company or you're, say, working with a, a C-suite member, when you sense something like this, do you ever find that you have to go beyond just say, hey, I sense this, I heard that. Uh, I definitely want to admonish you to not only follow with this step and that action, but I also want you to take some time off. Uh, what are some things that you have found have helped your clients to reset, to get refreshed, and to come back even better than before? And uh, I don't know if that's that's too complicated of a question, but I want to kind of throw that out there without getting too much into you telling us about your client's history, right? Oh, no, I couldn't do that. That's HIPAA. <laughs> um, I, and the expert is Tate, Dr. Tate Guelzow, and I had him on the show, which is for people to really use that episode because the big question is just asking the question. I, I love that you're already keyed into that, which is, are you thinking about committing suicide? Are you thinking about attempting suicide? Because it's a lot of people are under the misconception that if they ask the question, it's going to have some kind of inception, like, oh, it's going to make them think about it more. If someone even had, if you even have an inkling that someone is thinking about this, ask the question. You may not be the mental health professional to do the intervention, but you are a caring person and you're giving someone the space to feel validated and know that help is available. Again, it comes down to having resources at your fingertips in terms of, you know, uh, the suicide hotline, 1-800-273-TALK. Um, and of course, you know, you want to direct them to the ER. It's the same. You had like acute appendicitis. You're not going to be like, oh, okay, it, it hurts. Like, just hang out a little bit. It's like, no, go to the ER dude. <laughs> so uh, again, I wouldn't call the patient dude, but you know, just it's important to direct them to higher level care. Um, if that happens, you know, um, there are mechanisms. I really follow up with my patients and collaborate with any staff that they, if they have to go inpatient, that's the thing that people also could really benefit from is understanding the different levels of care. There's outpatient treatment, which you see people one-on-one -on -one or in groups or in couples therapy, which is kind of most people's concept, conceptualization of therapy. There is intensive outpatient treatments um, where people can go like two or three times a week to, to get the services they need. And then there's inpatient um, and there's different levels of that, which is when you go to the ER and you're acute, versus um, you may go to a mental health residential treatment program where you're there for X amount of days. It's like the quote unquote rehab facilities, right? But there's all sorts of, of kinds of them, which is you have like PTSD or um, you have relationship issues or personality disorders, et cetera. So there's an array of options and to have those um, and, and educate people about those, that's, real, that's really the key to it. We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz, that's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E, WICZ.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. If you are a professional within the technology sector, the Black Charter Partner Alliance's RISE conference taking place 
on the 19th of March is the one you just can't miss. We're excited because this is an event that everyone who attends, well, at least the first 300, will receive a free digital book, Profit First. And with this method, you'll always generate profit within your business. Among the incredible supporters of the BCPA and Rise event is our title sponsor, Microsoft. You will receive unique insights into the best practices and hear success stories, leadership, technology, career development, all of that will be included. Network with industry leaders, partners, and alliances of BCPA members. It is great to go and meet other people who are technology owners and leaders themselves. Our mission here at the Black Channel Partner Alliance is to accelerate the growth of Black innovators and Black-owned technology businesses through mentorship, coaching, and community. We must all rise together to provide equal opportunities and representation within the largest technology ecosystems. We believe in the power of your voice and your ability to drive both exponential growth and change. Together, we can rise. For more information about the rise and to register for the 19th of March event, please go to bcpalliance.com and click on the events tab. When you click on the events tab, you'll be an op have an opportunity to register. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny, and one of the things I will say throughout the today speaking with you and having you on as a special guest uh, there's a lot of things that you've uh, mentioned, the coping mechanisms, how managers are um, getting assistance for themselves, how employees need to get assistance. You talk about their phone call, going to emergency room or going to a group. These are all uh, excellent facets. How can we help these technology leaders, specifically in the Bay Area, it's really high cost of living, a lot of stress, a lot of SaaS-based companies trying to make a lot of money and, and trying to make it big, become the next unicorn. There's all this stress Every facet of living there is just speed and stress. So how can we get these organizations to really put their foot forward to make this a priority? Uh, what do we call mental health, right? We, we have a lot of companies will feed you. <laughs> Why do they feed you? Oh, it's great. I get, the, I get fed at my company. I go to work and I get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have chefs. But what people are failing to realize, they're keeping you at the office, making you do much more work. Yep. Yeah, it sounds great, but you're still like always doing a lot of work. You're not doing that other hobby you mentioned earlier. Hey, pick up a hobby. What do you like to do? Uh, so what other ways can we implore these tech-based companies to consider mental health as a priority? And Danny, I think their hobby is eating, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, or they're creating this new hobby now. Um, the huge push right now is attracting talent and retention. I'm all for the backdoor approach, which is how do you retain and attract talent? And it's not necessarily the free food, although, hey, many of my Asian American friends do that for the food. But right now we're working from home. So that's not really a draw, right? It's do they have the support? As a manager, I say, do you guys have the tools and the resources you need to do your job? One of those resources is having mental health care, quality mental health care, just as they give benefits for medical care. It's the same, it's the same thing. So it's again, talking with leaders about the importance of it, talking with employees and asking them very specific questions, not, hey, what kind of benefits do you want? Because some people don't even know what they need, right? Or want. Um, but if you give them like stress questionnaires and de-identify information and say, wow, overall, my staff is burnt out, you know, food's not going to help. Emotional eating is a thing. Um, and so is that really going to help them? You know, they're going to be more sluggish. They may lead to more depression and anxiety versus, hey, let's have some wellness discussions, even if it's just like a t one talk. Can you give a little bit of flexibility in the what we call the consideration zone, as my late colleague Deborah would say, can you put something in your consideration zone to 
help you move towards a more healthy life. This is David and uh, Dr. Wong. I'm really moved by some of the things that you've been sharing and how it's important to find that balance, find that uh, way to cope with the stressors that you might have. So Stephanie, I want to talk about uh, your podcast a little bit. And yeah. she mentioned earlier for our listening audience that she loves podcasting. It's part of her escape as well. But what's incredible about Dr. Wong is she's, she takes her experience in the world of psychology and she brings it into the podcasting world. And for those of you out there, not everybody can be great as a podcasting host. You've got to have an incredible talent. You have to know how to ask the right questions, craft the right questions. She does that. The name of her podcast is called The Color of Success. And The Color of Success podcast is an intersection between mental health and entrepreneurship. Uh, and her vision is to reduce shame, embarrassment, that whole idea of we can't address mental health. She does that. She does it with her guests. She addresses incredible leaders. These leaders are driven. These leaders are successful. They talk about their careers. They talk about the challenges and barriers they've had. They talk about the mental um, obstacles they've had to face, and she still deals with it. And I love that. And she does it in a funny way. You're going to love her humor. Uh, she's had some great guests on. And, and here's some of the guests she's had on. I mean, incredible, notable guests include Margaret Cho, great comedian. I, I, I tell you, some of these episodes were really great to listen to as well. Andrew Fung, uh, uh, Kimchi, right, from Kim's Convenience. Yes. William Hung, uh, you know, American Idol. Uh, there's been some great guests she's had. But instead of talking about them right now, because some of you guys will get off of this podcast, you've already made Twins talking about one of your favorite uh, programs to follow, <laughs> but you're going to go back and you're going to follow her podcast. But I want to ask, Doc, what have been some things you learned about yourself, about your own voice through your podcast? Well, I've learned so much. And it, this is something I never thought that I would do, right? Podcasting didn't even exist when I was in grad school, per se. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg of social media. And um now things have really changed. And so what I learned about myself is I was getting very much in that space where, okay, what am I going to do next? What next um, guest are we going to have on? And it became very overwhelming. And so it was just me and my husband at first where he, poor guy, he was editing stuff. Um, he's not an editor, but he was helping me out. And then I asked for help. I asked my video audio editor friend from elementary school, my best friend who I met in grad school to do the, you know, the images, the help with the transcripts. My daughter um, is an official assistant as of last year and just fantastic. And, and you know, my uh, design, graphic design friend from college. So, what I mean is that asking for help was really central. And it, I'm, not, it's, I'm not in that camp where it's like, I'm a psychologist, I do all the things that I tell you to do, right? I do try my best to walk the walk. I took a mental health day like two weeks ago after working you know, seven days a week or whatnot, because I really wanna be there for people. And obviously I have my hand in a number of different pots, um, but, I learned that to continue to ask for help, continue to identify when I'm stressed out and what is the purpose behind that? To reduce social comparison because it's very easy to be like, this person has this many episodes out, this many followers, blah, blah, blah. Our society is built that way. And I have to constantly fight against that because it's not about that. And people say, oh, don't look at your numbers. We're business people. We look at numbers, but really what touches me are when I get those little notes, not little, but like I get those notes here and there um, that say, this really resonated with me, or this is really awesome, or this was so helpful. I mean, I think even um, we're, we're listing celebrities, celebrities, I've had some great clinicians on the show, like I said, to talk about suicide, to talk about needle phobia, because a lot of people think people aren't getting vaccines because they're anti-vaxxers, but there's quite a few people who are afraid of shots. 
And so I had a clinician that is, they started a free program for people to work on that phobia and address that barrier. So I think what I'm proud of is that we have a great mix of people. It's not just about getting the next celebrity or whatnot. It's about what kind of content will actually resonate and help people. This is Danny. And before uh, Dave comes up, Dr. I just want to let you know, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, we are in the tech space ourselves, work with a lot of tech executives. And I tell you, it's, it's sometimes a fearful to ask for help. Um, mm -hmm. Even as a leader of your own business organization, uh, there's this perception asking for help means you're a failure. As you, as you mentioned earlier, there's that, there's that pressure. And it's not like someone's putting the pressure on you. You're the, you're the, you're the owner. And I remember yesterday, my daughter, this is the funniest thing after dinner. I said, oh, I got to get back to work. Uh, I got to, I got to get this, uh, this, these set of emails out. And, but man, I do, I need a, I need a day off. And she goes, but you're the boss. Why can't you just take a day off? Oh, my kids say that all the time. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I honestly wish I could say, man, if, uh, if the heart of a child mm. that, that, I just, I was going to quickly say, well, I can't because and I was going to break down this big list. And, and for me, being an engineering person, my mindset, I can logically break down all the reasons why I couldn't take a vacation day or take a day off. But then I just thought about my daughter and I looked at it from her eyes. And in her eyes, things are just simple. Dad, you're the boss. And, and you need to outsource or you need to figure it out but you need to make this a priority. So she didn't say it in quite those words, but when I took a step back and then thought about her innocence, that's exactly how I heard it. Dad, outsource, 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 figure it out, make this a priority. So Dr. Wong, because we know this is a priority for people that are leaders and entrepreneurs in the tech space, how can we give them that message today? What can you tell them um, to help them to change their mindset that it's okay to take care of yourself. And I, I don't know why being a CEO of a company or entrepreneur of a company, we don't feel like we can take that day out, but how can we tell that CEO it's okay to take care of yourself? Well, Danny, I think you're a clinician at heart because that was a great strategy, right? And I tell, I ask my clients that have children, what values would you want to instill in your children? Would you like to teach them that they have to work themselves to the ground because they need a paycheck. And hey, we need money to live a life. But again, like I said, to what ends? And so this is a little bit morbid, but this is an acceptance and commitment therapy approach of like, if you had to write something on your tombstone, what would you want it to say? And most people would say, wouldn't want to say, I work my ass off a CEO. <laughs> like, I don't know many people who would put CEO on their tombstone, maybe some people. And that's completely fine if that's your value. Um, but what we know from research is people on their deathbeds do not say, I wish I worked more. They usually say, I wish I spent more time with my family or my loved ones. And so really think about how you want to live your life and remember your legacy, because at the the last thing I want to do is alienate my children and they're, I have two girls and they're so smart and I don't consider myself a tiger parent. However, I do believe in teaching work ethic because I'm in a very different spot than my parents were, you know, they're working, uh, as a, they, yeah, a grocer and, um, a cashier and a waitress. Um, my mom is, we've cut that off since the pandemic and she's, a lot more happy doing a lot more Netflix there. Um, but <laughs> she, she knows all the top shows before I do and tells me to watch them. So we have to also teach our children work ethic because I don't want to just hand things to them. And that's really hard because you also want to shield them from the world. Um, but after a very long time, I finally said, you could have a break from Kumon this weekend. And they were so stoked. And my husband's like, well, you could take it off forever if you want, but they realize that, yes, this is really hard to do extra homework on top of homework. But I told them people that work hard towards a goal 
do better with stress than those that are given handed everything. And again, that's from the vitality book I'm reading because, and it's true. If you reflect on your life, the entrepreneurs that have gone through barriers and stuck through it are tend to be the ones that stick around because they know how to deal and ride the waves. And so um, looking at your values again and how you wanna really lead your life, like truly. Yeah, this is Dave, Dr. Wong. I'm really inspired by our conversation today. And I truly believe that our listeners and more professionals out there are going to see the importance of normalizing conversation around mental health. And as more and more C-suite members, as more and more business owners, as they realize and embrace this conversation, we're going to reinforce the right culture. And when we reinforce the right culture, mental health will be just as important as physical health. And it's not just for our employees. We've got to be healthy for ourselves. And I want to thank Dr. Wong for coming on and sharing her thoughts, reminding us that it is important to make sure that our leaders are healthy. It is important to make sure that we are having these conversations, that we're fostering a culture to support our employees, and that there are resources out there, not just the Twins Talking Up podcast, but also the Color of Success podcast, because then you can hear from Dr. Wong about the experiences that she's having with her guests and the incredible people that she's bringing on. I'm so excited about this partnership. I know we're gonna cross-pollinate, continue to support each other, Dr. Wong, thank you for joining my twin and I and twins talk it up. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I just feel like I was hanging out with friends. So, and that that's the best kind of podcast, making people feel comfortable. And you guys do just that. So thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the twins talk it up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.